Welcome to Product Ops, people. Join me, Simon Hilton, as I talk with product leaders around the world about how Product Ops is growing and uniting product-led companies. This is a special episode recorded at the Product Excellence Summit, where I hosted a panel about building and scaling product operations teams. It is an excellent discussion on how this function goes beyond traditional project management to ensure that the product team can function smoothly, support the product team to move faster and focus on customer needs in a more predictable and consistent fashion. Hello and welcome to the Product Excellence Summit. My name is Simon Hilton. Over the next 45 minutes, I'll be moderating this panel on discussing building successful and scaling product teams. A little bit about myself, I'm the Director of Product Ops at Willow, and we're the digital twin for the built world. But today I'm joined by three amazing guests. We have Annabella Cesario, Director of Product Operations at OutSystems. We have Jody Alperstein, VP and GM at Twilio Segment, and Srinivas Samiyajula, Head of Product Ops at Calendly. Welcome and thank you for being here with us. Hi, Jody. Hey, Anna. Hi. Hello. It's one of us. Hello. It's a really exciting vibe we're getting from the start of the day. So I'm really excited to be first up with you all. How's your day going? Mine is amazing. Amazing. <laughs> Great morning. Thank you. Yeah. Very excited to be here with you, Simon. Me too. Um, and I, I think this is a really great topic. I mean, starting out product ops is we've had our conversations between us. It's it's a it's a daunting journey, but it's not unique. There is you know patterns of support out there, so it's going to be great to be able to share that with the your rest of the summit today. So let's start off with probably the most important question, and that's a lot of organisations have different perspectives on what product ops is or isn't. Um, so let's just start off with briefly summarising you know, between us what, how we've experienced product ops and where some similarities are, but also where we differ. So why don't we kick off with you, Annabella? Okay, so for me, Simon, product ops is all about communication, alignment and processes across the product development lifecycle. It is about enabling our product managers to basically build better products. I understand that it can be very, very easy to get overwhelmed in this sea of uh, challenges as a product uh, ops professional, especially because we are in a position where we act as the glue for all the stakeholders. Uh, I don't know if you guys feel that. At least myself and my team, we feel it. And um, I really and strongly believe that we weren't supposed to boil the ocean, but rather to find an operating model that allow us to be more focused on what really moves the needle and matters. That, in the end of the day, impacts our teams. Right now, for me and my team, we are focused on the three main pillars, help the PM uh, org scale, deliver business objectives, and improve cross-communication. Com uh, yeah, that term connective tissue or, you know, working between teams seems to come up an awful lot. Um, what about you, Jody? What do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, for us, product ops is very, very similar, right? It, it 
is responsible for ensuring that the product development lifecycle is operating at its most efficient and effective and helping the teams scale. And so they create both programs that are used across the board as well as individual product operations managers that support our specific teams with launches. And um, that communication as you're talking about, that connective tissue between the development of a product and rolling it out to the go-to-market teams and ensuring a, a smooth uh, launch, bringing together uh, product marketing, sales enablement, and, um, and, and all of those functions that need to ensure a smooth launch. Yes. Uh, is there anything, and we'll pass to you straight advice, but is there something that product ops isn't, which is also something they need to be aware of? I'm happy to kick this off. I mean, plus one to everything Jody and Annabella said, right? I think full stop summary for us, our product ops charter at Calendly is really all about creating exponentially impactful product teams that deliver great products, right? So everything that Annabella mentioned around business objectives and driving those outcomes along with Jody around being as efficient and effective as possible, I think is a common charter you'll notice in product operations. Uh, when I talk to other peers in this space that come to your question, Simon, of what it isn't, it is not a catch-all of everything a product team does not want to do, right? And I think that's a very high level, uh, 100,000 foot altitude question. But what I do find talking to other product operations leaders is depending on where the inception of product operations comes from, that is a risk that can be uh, that that comes to life in terms of product operations. So, being really mindful of creating a charter, really rationalizing what it is isn't is super important. And I'd say top line, make sure it doesn't become the catch-all that of stuff that people don't want to do. That's a really good contribution, and I think uh, part of that kind of but what continues on from that is it also depends on where you are, where your product is, and where your company is in its growth journey. Um, what we're just saying is it, it's got to be focused for it to be effective. So let's go to that for a second. I mean, what was the catalyst inside your organization for really starting product operations? Um, Jody, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, thanks. Um, in, in terms of our organization, we started op product ops actually fairly recently, um, about a year ago as Segment was starting to grow and scale, we realized we needed this help. It was that aha moment of this was going to be the team that was going to make a difference. And so we brought in uh, a single product operations manager and she just came in and created all sorts of frameworks and efficiencies and programs in order to help the team. And like that, we realized, wait a second, we've been missing this all along. And then we got lucky in that the acquisition happened and Segment became part of Twilio. And with that, we saw an existing framework that, that that was out there in Twilio and we had something to emulate. And we also had the additional, I'd say, um, budget to be able to invest deeply. And so, you know, a couple more product ops managers were added and in the very beginning of this year, and we've been scaling it ever since because every team is now clamoring for that level of support. And I think that's a great way to, to think about it. When you start doing great work and adding a significant contribution, the other team starts saying, I wanna put my budget towards a product ops person versus another engineer or another product manager. And when your team is really having that level of impact, you know you're doing something right. 
Yeah, oh, that, yeah. That, that theme around that kind of product ops as a startup design your business seems to be coming up again and again, and you have those early adopters, and then you cross the chasm into something that's really valuable. So, Annabella, what were you going to say? Yeah, I can follow because uh, I agree with Jody. We have more or less the same. Okay, for us, it all comes to one word, hypergrowth. And if you think mm -hmm. about it, like, imagine that you are cooking, right? Doing a lasagna for four people isn't the same of doing it for 30, 20, 100 people. It's sometimes it's not about doubling the doses of the ingredients, but especially understand what, all the complexity and that now we have much more pieces that can go, go wrong. Uh, for instance, in cooking from test, uh, tasting to, to the... Oh, can you guys hear me okay? Yes. To, to find the, the right timings. Okay, I think it's the same for product management team. We need to scale, we need to scale very fast. Okay, suddenly our processes are not useful anymore. Our tools are deprecated, they don't help us anymore. And especially communication across the company, it's harder every, every day. So um, for us, it became very clear that as we were growing, we needed to give up and give time for product managers to be focused on the things that are more important, the product and the customers. And in our case, that was how product operations team started out systems to help PMs doing this journey. Hmm. Srinivas, was that your experience? Yeah, for us, you know, really it's it's a couple of things. I think Annabella said it best as you know, Calendly as a as a hyper growth entity, we knew we needed to invest in more efficiency and effectiveness, right? So as we continue to grow, we saw a lot of user base with a lot of asks around, you know, what they wanted out of the product. And we were still building a product team. We were still building customer success teams, marketing teams, so on and so forth. So while those teams were being built, we needed somebody to play the connective tissue to make sure we were effectively coordinating to ultimately meet the customers uh, where they wanted to be, right? So whether that's in product-oriented things or uh, enabling the product to support teams like customer success and sales to ease the burden on them as well. And I think as you start looking at that and adding that overhead to the product manager can get really expensive. So really having an entity that's coordinating and being that connective tissue in a hyper growth environment is basically what, where how we landed on creating product ops as an organization. Yeah, it seems to be some really common themes about you're an organization, you're in hyper growth, you have multiple products and or multiple teams, which makes it all the more harder, how, how to create alignment. But at the end of the day, there's another theme of product managers have so much to do day to day. We have research, we have stakeholder uh, communication, we have working with delivery teams. So the way I've kind of always thought about it is the more you can enable services for those teams within your organization, the more they can focus on the most critical tasks of a product manager which can be just good decision-making. What should we build and why should we build it? So um, it seems like we all kind of run into this same challenge, but within that fast moving environment, and that's where product ops can really shine if you're ultimately serving those product managers in that context. Thank you so much. So product ops seems logical for any organization to add, but why do you think it's taken so long for product to really kind of come to this uh, come to this realization when you already have things like sales ops and marketing ops and things like that. Um, let's again start with you, Srinivas. 
Yeah, so many different ways to take that question. I think um, fundamentally, I'll start with sort of the way you posed it in terms of sales and marketing had operations functions. Why did it take products so long? I think there's a notion that, you know, those sort of functions are revenue driving. So you want them, for example, a sales team, you want every AE, every BDR, every SDR focused on getting on the phone, responding to emails, because that's the revenue driving capabilities and tactics to help. So behind the scenes, you need somebody who's going to coordinate because that task in and of itself is very hard. So keeping the data clean, making sure the right phone calls are being made at the right time and prioritization, things like that, right? Uh, so that's sort of one angle. Of, I think there's a shifting sands of, well, as product-led growth companies become more important, the product is what's driving the revenue. So you want to make sure the people who are delivering onto those customer needs and delivering product are essentially morphing into the same notion of being revenue drivers. So I want every single ounce of their time and space spent on thinking about strategy, aligning teams internally, aligning executives and driving those business outcomes. Um, any ounce of time that they're spending on process efficiency and effectiveness is just opportunity cost fundamentally, right? And then another interesting vantage point to take that question really is, if you look at software development evolution, right, um, what product ops is sort of becoming were discrete functions in prior days. So project management, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you could borrow from sort of lean software development with continuous improvement and you start bringing in, you know, um, operations and performance improvement type concepts with continuous improvement like Lean Six Sigma. You know, there's all these different fragmented things that are sort of unifying forces and now coming to market as product operations. So I think it's one stream of it is natural evolution of where we are as a software development morphing into product being a revenue driving function and the role of product managers being more seen as revenue drivers and a critical asset to the entity to drive the business forward. Great. Annabella, what do you think? Okay, once again, I agree. It seems that I work with Judy and Serena on a daily basis. Yeah, can you join my team? That would be fantastic. <laughs> oh, I would be, it would be a pleasure. Uh, but I completely relate with them. What can I have? I'm, I think that um, marketing uh, and sales, they are a pretty much mature area than product management. And I think throughout the time, uh, the PM, especially in startups, was always seen kind of the superhero that is always able to do everything, to use all the hats, that he's able to speak with the customer, uh, participate in, in a sales meeting, for instance, sit with the, with the solution architect, design the solution. But this is not possible anymore. The, the As companies scale, it's really really very hard for pms to deal with everything to use all these hats and i think product ops comes to help to use some of the hats to share to share some of the hats but especially to bring some focus to the pm to deal with the processes and the tools it's a kind of i'm repeating a little bit uh, on this but really product ops come to make product managers and stakeholders lives easier I don't think repeating is a problem because it is about consistency and it's about high quality. So, you know, <laughs> I can understand that. So, Jody, what do you think? 
yeah, I, I agree. Again, I think we were all in vicious agreement here, which is great. Um, I would just add, I, I think about, and I think often the product manager is considered uh, what we call the DRI, directly responsible individual or the ultimately uh, fully accountable person for the success of a product. And so in doing that, they often do exactly what Annabella said, right? They, they go in and they wear any hat that needs to be worn in mm -hmm. order to ensure the success of their product. And at some point that just collapses on itself when you think about the scale and then you bring in the point that you just made, Simon, around the um, consistency as your organization grows and scales. If every product manager, every team does everything differently, as you go to bring those things out to market, that becomes very, very challenging because then you're multiplying teams times teams and, and nobody knows how things um, really should work. And so, you know, as people have realized how important that is, we've we've come in and we've brought in the, this this team and this organization. But I do think that whole superhero accountability, you know, you're responsible for the success, um, the PNL in some places, whether or not the product is a product-led revenue generator or you're using um, your typical B2B sales, you're still ultimately the one accountable. And so often that product manager, you know, jumps right in. And, you know, for me, I'm somebody who's been in sales. I've led marketing, I've led product, I've led product ops. And so I've kind of seen it from all of these different vantage points. And, you know, you get to that point where the scale is there. And as you bring mm -hmm. people with a specific skill set, a generalist can do most things pretty well, but when you start putting people into their specific skill and they're able to do that, you know, magic starts to happen uh, because they're really focused on the thing they love and the thing that they're great at. And, and that working together uh, and the collaboration across those teams yields incredible results. Well said. Um, just encourage everyone, please continue to ask your questions in the chat. We'll have some time at the end of the session to really dive in and pick out some great stuff there, but seeing some really great, com uh, really great comments going on, please continue. So what would you say are the critical pieces to have in any successful product ops organization uh, or function? So let's start with you, Annabella. Okay, so in our case, for me, I think we we are when we have three. Okay, the first one, and I think if you are in a beginning and setting up a, a product management, sorry, product ops area, you should start by laying the foundations, helping mm -hmm. the PM function scale, everything that can bring uh, more efficiency uh, to the PM, uh, and I'm talking about the processes, best practices, toolings, um, everything, all of that stuff. Um, so they can be focused on, on core competences. Uh, I can share, for instance, that in your case, in, in our case, in the beginning, PMs were really, really, really losing a lot of time handling all the customer feedback. Each one had their own spreadsheet. Also prioritizing initiatives, uh, planning launches. We, do, we, did it, we did it in a huge, huge Excel spreadsheet. So we had a lot of inefficiencies in the system. The second one it was is... Focus on communication and create empathy with your stakeholders. Improve cross communications. And now we are doing it uh, from um, 
product vision, strategy, uh, roadmap, um, deployment, sharing all the information. And especially now we are start doing some monitoring, metrics monitorization. So it's really working well. Uh, and finally, focus on business objectives and outcomes. We are doing this in two fronts. The first one is assisting the PM on the product vision strategy and roadmap uh, definition, uh, deployment and monitoring. Okay, so for us, it was, I know everyone knows that uh, defining a vision and the strategy is hard, but in our case, it's even harder to deploy the strategy and the line, uh, um, mm. the stakeholders across the strategy, and even monitoring progress. It's so difficult to monitor, monitoring if we are uh, moving on the right direction, if we are, if the engineering teams and the PM teams are really focused on things that move the needle, or if we need to adapt the strategy along the way. Um, yep. And I want to jump on something that's coming up in the chat, which is really important. So a lot of people are asking, aren't they just a project manager? Aren't they just a program manager? And my response to that would be, there's, there's, there's sometimes there's doing the work, but there's also designing how the work gets done to enable consistency, transparency, scale. Sort of ask, just on that note, you know, what do you think are the successful parts of a product ops org? Yeah, 100%. I think it's a great, great call out that's worth talking about a little further. You know, I think sounds very much like uh, program project management, but exactly to your point, Simon, it's really about creating scalable practices and owning the tooling and enablement around those, as opposed to being assigned a project with a start and end date and sort of figuring out and driving the business outcome or a program mm -hmm. with a start and end date, right? So it's, um, there are flavors of it that, that smell and, and taste like project and program management, but it's really about scaling the practices. So there's consistency, there's predictability, efficiency across the delivery life cycle. Mm -hmm. um, and then to that end, you know, I plus one to everything Annabella said, you know, um, our product operations charter is anchored around five key things. One is clarity around the project or the product goals and objectives and outcomes. Uh, analytics and research. I think we've all seen it where sometimes um, biases can get can be introduced in the product development lifecycle. So uh, our product operations function actually owns unbiased objective analytics and research to support uh, product delivery. Uh, process excellence. So this goes back to what does the assembly line look like? If an idea pops up from customer internally, what have you, how does it go through the entire uh, assembly line and actually make it into the hands of customers at the right targets and objectives that we set for ourselves. And then communication and coordination. So our product ops managers are aligned to specific pods that we have in our organization, but are also aligned to external teams. So customer experience mm -hmm. and sales is where we're starting to prioritize. And then finally, um, the one unique thing that we've, we've added that I don't know if you talked about Annabella is learning and growth. So if our charter is create exponentially impactful product teams, you know, it's not just about building great product, but it's also enabling the product manager to be as effective as possible. So yes. we, we support our product managers on individual development plans, as well as the product organization holistically around where are the strengths and weaknesses, how do we bring everybody up from a maturity perspective and so on and so forth. That's a really good point, which I don't think we've talked about. It's actually in lifting, uh, uplifting the entire product function within the organization, and that can include what what good product program, product management looks like at our organization, Jody? What do you think? 
Uh, I think that's interesting. I, I don't think we do it like that uh, here. That's more the responsibility of the head of product versus product operations. So, you know, where do you make that split? Um, and for me as a GM, I have a product operations team and I have a, a product team. And so mm -hmm. I do put more of some of those things on the responsibility of, of just product management in general. Uh, but I think there's a, an interesting case to be made for that, especially if your product ops team is reporting to your head of product versus say a GM, you know, I'm engineering on my team as well. So mm -hmm. uh, I think every team is, is organized a little differently. And I think the things that you talked about are critical that they happen and whether they happen in product operations or directly within the function of product management um, might be ba based on, you know, the organizational design of your team. I do think many of the things that we've been talking about today are, are, are very consistent though. Um, things like strong program management. And one of the things that I haven't heard people talk about yet is change management. So as you're putting in new programs, new efficiencies, um, I, I've seen some great ideas fall flat if they are not rolled out correctly and that you know you don't bring in the the steps in order to bring everybody along sometimes that means you start with a pilot and then you get more people on board sometimes you got to roll it all at once to make sure everybody's doing the same thing using the right tool for the right right scenario i i also think things like um, direct communication inclusive collaboration uh, clear roles and responsibilities right we just talked about the fact that some things may be different in one organization versus another and everywhere i've worked whether it be product management or product marketing or, or product operations, there's this slight variation on how it's done. And so people come into new organizations with their experience from the past, and then they show up and wait a second, things aren't exactly the way they were at my last company, you know, and you mm. need to make sure that that is clear. And otherwise you've got people stepping on each other's toes. You might have a bunch of people swarming the ball instead of playing their own positions. And that kind of wreaks some havoc versus the efficiency that we're looking for. All the other things we talked about, measurable goals, um, making sure that there's an actual business impact and that whole piece around effective tools and frameworks and whether those tools are, um, you know, software tools that make us more efficient, whether it's analytics tools that bring us the data and helps us analyze it. Uh, and then again, those frameworks to ensure that we've got, in my opinion, the right processes, but not over-architected. Sometimes yeah. there does need to be a little bit of um, leeway, right? If, if everything is so controlled, the teams themselves don't feel empowered to create their best work. And creating a space for product teams to be really creative and really dynamic and really high performance, I think there is that difference between over-architected processes and enabling frameworks uh, that allow for them to really excel. That's a really, really good call out, uh, Jody, because uh, we do want to adhere to a product lean kind of product mindset of just enough to help move things along, but you can overdo it and almost suffocate or constrict your organization if they don't have the freedom to uh, innovate within that, that framework as well. Um, the way that I've tried to summarize it within my organization is that we unite people with processes and tools we create cross-organizational alignment, uh, you know, transparency, things like that, and we make the right data easily available. And what's really encouraging is that a lot of that showed up in every one of what we've just talked about. Everyone's kind of, I think, is largely on the same page. But where 
it, it's not a cookie cutter either. There's going to be a different way of implementing it depending on how big your company is, how long it's been around, how mature your product is, all of those things. So that's where there's some real creativity that comes into the product op space when you're focusing on the, the value that your, pro your team needs out of you now rather than trying to be perfect straight away. Um, so that's really important to understand. So as organizations shift from startup to scale up to you know enterprise maturity, those kinds of things, how have you seen those teams change and evolve? Um, Let's start with you, Sirilas. Yeah, so um, last year when I joined Calendly, um, I started the team with just one product operations person. And it's really around the scale where we were and the number of product teams that we had. It made sense to start there. And really, um, that individual and myself really partnered on going back to the comment around uh, focusing wisely around what it is product ops is versus isn't. So really spending the time to lay the foundations around the charter, those five pillars that I mentioned um, that we took on, that's very similar to what Jody and Annabella have done in their organizations, really laying the groundwork for that, that individual and that team to be successful. Then as we continue to scale up the different product teams, as we sort of buttoned up our roadmap, as we were scaling and growing, we knew we needed more both. And um, from there, I've actually, from a product operations, pure product operations perspective, grew the team to two people. But going back to the comment around product ops sounds very much like program management. As we started to scale up, we started to take on some bigger bets that really need to heighten the coordination. So what I ended up doing is building a program management function within product operations to really drive those big strategic investments we were making into the product. And program management product operations work very closely hand in hand to create scalable processes that then the program managers would go pilot pressure test going back to Jody's comment around change management and then become the change agents to seed the organization, right? So where we are right now is continue to scale up and building the product operations team at the same time, building the program management capabilities. And I know it's going back to the, uh, the last comment that Jody, you made about change management. I, I think that's spot on to bring out. And I think once, What's an interesting vantage point that we did as part of this whole, as we were spinning up is we aligned to an operating principle that our product is process and our customers are internal teams. So mm. if that's the case, then you're basically running product delivery lifecycle as process being what your outcome is, right? So in that sense, I think it's super important to do discovery with the teams, understand the core needs, come up with how much rigidity are they seeking? How much flexibility do they want? so on and so forth to then come out with things. And as we started growing and scaling the team and piloting with change management, as well as the product managers, it's a continuous improvement cycle and you have to optimize the funnel. So we start with adoption, activation, all those sort of traditional product metrics we look at from a change management perspective as well. Great, Annabella, what do you think? Okay, once again, I cannot disagree with him, so. <laughs> I especially like the part that you say that I'm, I'm thinking of probably you were a product manager before, right? Yeah, so it's easier when we come from a product management role and we understand, understand the, the practice, it helps a lot. So I do exactly the same. For me, PMs are my 
sorry, for me, PMs are my customers. And uh, I always, I'm always thinking about how can I measure adoption? How can I collect feedback, discovery? Exactly the same. So it helps a lot. How we did it are out systems. Okay, I start with a team of three, especially focus on that part of building the foundations, tools, processes, and so on. And then uh, we move to uh, more for the communication part. We I have dedicated someone to the inbound communication, manage all the insights from all the stakeholders across the company, customers, and so on. And someone specialized on the outbound, on product roadmap updates, on answering enablement, field enablement, that kind of stuff. And now we are moving to a more strategic uh, role, as I shared already, supporting the VP on strategy definition and deployment. And also we are now focused on growing our PM talent. So mm. in, uh, in this hyper-growth phase that we are, the majority of our PMs come from the startup mindset. So they need some help, some guidance to understand this new way of doing product, this hyper-growth uh, in this product-led company mindset. So we have defined and uh, set up an internal B2B product management academy where we are bringing some, some gurus uh, like Bruce McCarthy. We talked with Marty Kagan, Melissa Perry, and so on. So they come, they tailor the training for us. And so far we had four sessions and they are really working well. The adoption, it's almost in the top and it's really, really um, helping us a lot. So the journey of Twilio and Segment must be quite a tumultuous, great one. So how does, how, I'm really interested in your answer, Jody. Yeah, smooth sailing all the way, <laughs> nothing tumultuous at all. No, I, actually, it's been a really, really great integration. I, I think it's helpful that we are two companies with kind of similar ethos and, and values and approaches towards being very developer first in our in our mm. products. And so that was really, really helpful. And I think thinking about that was really smart in terms of making the decision to to actually move forward with the MA because you know cultures can kill <laughs> acquisitions if that doesn't if that doesn't click. So we've been pretty lucky. Um, we've also kind of come across it as this approach of you know, what are each other's superpowers? What are we, even though we were the acquired company, there may be some things that we do better. And there are things at Twilio, they grew so fast or, you know, mm. as we were a pretty fast growing startup at Segment, but Twilio was just total and still is rocket ships. So what can we learn from each other? So that was part of the process. And I'd say early on, one big thing that we identified, and I'll just use it as an example, is about release stages. So as a fast growing startup, and we had these, we kind of have these siloed, semi-siloed pillars, right? You can call them pods, but it, it basically be pods within pillars because they're not different products. They're all supporting a single product, but different mm -hmm. aspects of it. And so they had different needs. And as they were rolling things out, Apparently we had, and this was before I got there. So, you know, I learned about it, but we had 13 different release stages, right? So private beta pilot POC, like just different names and they meant slightly different things. And they were all fit for purpose for that particular mm -hmm. team. 
but it was kind of confusing, I would say, to our customers and to our go-to-market teams. And so one of our, our really one of our product ops people that we brought in early on said, I really think we we all agreed that we could have some more efficiency there. So she went and she learned and she looked at the details and how did Twilio do it? And we looked at our needs and and really, you know researched it, didn't just adopt blindly, but we were able to very quickly settle in on from 13 to four. And it's almost the same as the rest of Twilio's, but a little bit different given the special needs of our of our, our customers and our sales teams and was able to roll that out really, really quickly. And that efficiency that that brings not only to the product team, but to the teams that we're working with across the organizations and our customers, that's the type of impact you can have very quickly. And, and I think it's a really good example of a, of a quick win that happened from our product ops team. Mm. I think something that needs to be called out though is that the need for product ops doesn't exactly just go away after scale up. We've been talking about scale a lot, but even in a much larger organization, there's still need for transparency. There's still need for uh, cross organization uh, coordination. So product ops still has any investment into product ops is something that compounds, but also can continue on as your organization grows. Okay. So, Really, I think the key question here, which I think a lot of people are driving to is, so we have a product operations function, but how does it actually let your team scale and, and operate faster? So let's start with you, Annabella. Okay, so what can I share? Okay, um, I think in, in our case, um, the first first sign of this, the scale and um, the the first time that we saw our our stakeholders being promoters of product operations was uh, regarding the CSET. Okay, when we started the area in March 2020, the relationship with stakeholders, especially the field teams, the solution architects, the sale guys, was really really fragile, and we end up the the, the year with the customer CSET satisfaction. Uh, meaning stakeholder satisfaction of 86%. Uh, and it, this was mainly because we sat with them and we defined an end-to-end pro engagement process. Uh, um, we started by defining a guy specialized on the inbound uh, and also someone for the outbound. So this worked really, really well. Um, and they felt much more involved and they felt that PM listens to them. So it worked pretty well, pretty well. The second was, was, was adopting the product board. So um, I know that I'm in a product board summit, but what I will say, it's it's genuine. And I, I really, I'm a huge promoter of product board because in our case, it really improved 30% the productivity of the PM team. When when we were selecting the tool, we, we list the, the top six product, uh, PM's use cases, and we were able to address them in product board. So this, for us, it was really a game changing. And more recently, the results were made visible by the teams. And in teams, I'm talking about the PM and engineering. They now are able to understand the product strategy, and they use it on a daily basis to make some product decisions. Okay, we have a, a 
a lot to, to evolve and improve as well, but this is really visible. They are talking and they justify some decisions by the connection of the initiative with the product strategy. So this is really very interesting to see how we are helping them to understand the, the narrative, the product narrative and so on. And what do you think, Jody? Uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, that's great. And I, I need to have our team start looking at product board. I have to say, we've kind of missed that piece so far. And we're kind of going directly from Salesforce to Jira. So, and, and missing the fit for purpose product tool. And, but I do think our product ops teams have done a good job of working with the things that already exist. As I said, our, our team has only been around for about a year. So I think it's probably the right time to start looking and say, what other tools are that out there that we could be leveraging? Um, one of the things though that they did that I thought was really, really effective, um, we had, um, we, we've been putting you know product requests into Salesforce and, and that's great but they were kind of sitting there and you know, the product managers would go in and they'd do some queries and they'd look things up, but we hadn't, we hadn't really figured out how to scale it and operationalize it. Um, we, we got an email once a, once a week with all of the different requests that came through and then you had to parse through it and it became very ad hoc. So a key thing that one of the great uh, uh, pro product ops managers on the team did, and, and she took this initiative and I thought it was uh, really great. She, first of all, she created a dashboard that made it really easy within Salesforce for everybody to see. And then we linked all, every single request into uh, the JIRA tickets. And as we were looking to go and change something from a backlog to being more active, it can loop back over and let Salesforce know that that, that particular issue or, or request is now in progress or changing a status because that communication between product and sales can be very difficult when you're talking about hundreds of people. And so we wanted to make it so that our salespeople could kind of you know, fish for themselves and that they would have the tools and making sure those two systems were talking to each other. And now our sales folks don't feel like things are just, okay, yeah, I can put it in there, but I never get a response back. Um, are you actually gonna work on this? And then they stop putting it in there and then you don't have the data to be able to help reinforce whether or not that really is something that is, um, you know, is it gonna cause churn? Is it keeping us from closing a deal to begin with? Um, would it be the thing that it gets us to expansion revenue? All of those, those important pieces of information and tying together the different systems is pretty critical, I think, in order to ensure each team is using the tool that's most effective for them, um, which brings me back to needing to do some research on product board. <laughs> I well, I think I think I think we're at I think we're at time. Sorry, uh, this conversation is going off like a rocket, and I I, I really appreciated all your help. Um, but uh, it's very encouraging to hear how you're all planning similar things inside your organizations, where we align or we differ. But it's clear that product ops can be useful at any stage of any organization, and uh, product board you know can be a great place to really help drive that growth along. So thank you, Annabella. Thank you, Jody. Th thank you, Srivanas, uh, for your time today. It's been great learning from you mm -hmm. and we'd love to see you again. Um, and we hope you have a great day. You too. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.
get the right products to market faster. Product Board is a product management system that helps you understand what users need, prioritize what to build, and rally everyone around your roadmap. You can also monitor progress towards launch while earning colleagues' trust and engaging your customer community. Join the journey to product excellence today by starting your free trial at productboard.com or launching your free customer feedback portal.